Everyone in marketing needs to stop and say what you mean. Your terms aren't helping. I'm Margaret Kelsey. And I'm Devin Bramhill. And this is Don't Say Content. And shout out to our producers at Share Your Genius. They're great at creating shows with strategic outcomes in mind. They've been with us since the podcast was just an idea, and they helped us bring it to life from strategy all the way to execution, and we absolutely love partnering with them. So if you, dear listeners, are thinking of launching a podcast, which you definitely should, by the way, we recommend having a conversation with our favorite people over at Share Your Genius. Now let's get into it. What did Katie, you do, Devin? Gonna... What did you do? Well, I haven't done much this summer. And so I really thought that this post that I shared on LinkedIn was going to have trouble getting responses. Like I put it out there and almost immediately pinged my marketing mastermind group to get them to post on it. Cause I was like, look, I'm going to need some, some history here to get folks motivated. Untrue. <laughs> Untrue. You have everyone I feel like maybe hasn't done anything this summer and then all of a sudden decided to come all back from their summer vacations to post on your LinkedIn. Yes. And the question I asked was, what are the cringiest marketing buzzwords you're sick of hearing? There was no answers. It was ghost town. Nobody has any cringy words that that they hate. I couldn't believe it. I posted it while I was in the doctor's office, like right after I changed into that like robe and I'm just sitting there like waiting and I was like, oh, I got to get this out real quick. The nurse comes in. She's like, okay, we got to go in the thing and do the thing. And I was like, okay, hold on one second. Emotionally and physically vulnerable at the same moment. (laughs) That's true. Let me put myself out there while I put myself out there. (laughs) I was like, this is important. So, and yes, I actually didn't end up sending it because so many people had things to say. And I would say that the range was from conversation starters to usually me devolving what could have been a rich conversation into something funny that I, or something that I found funny Yeah. We're like, we're going to turn this into a joke instead of a serious conversation. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. And so everyone had great suggestions. So I offered up content because that was the whole premise for starting this show. We're like, don't say this word that we're going to say a lot. We haven't decided the new word yet, so we're just going to use the word, but we know that we hate the word. Yeah. Uh, Playbooks, hub and spoke, and category creation. The reason they're buzzwords is they don't have canonical meaning. The dictionary definition has been abstracted, colloquialized, which I realize I probably just made up. And I don't think so. then this like long game of telephone has happened yeah. over years and different people using it such that they basically mean nothing when you say them. And the problem with that, or the challenge with that, is when you're using words that don't have inherent agreed upon meaning, you create misunderstandings. And it really does go back to what we've talked about around the like shared language among CEOs and heads of marketing, heads of marketing in other departments like sales and product and engineering. There is like a true challenge with the use of buzzwords, but I can't stop 
making jokes about it. I started a cult with Justine, Jordan, and Kyle Lacey. And I want to be included in this cult. Yes. So it started because Justine wrote something very extremely meaningful. Um, (laughs) Poignant, deep. (laughs) Yeah. And her point was that they mean completely different things depending on who you're talking to, which is agree. I love how she started off before we get to my cult. You may not want to join because the first word she hates is motion. And I was like, zing. That is a word you use all the time. And I was like, pew, 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 shots fired. Wait, when do I use motion? Wait, are you kidding? What, like in what context am I saying motion? You're like the sales motion, oh, the marketing I motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You don't know. I almost like started to put you both in the ring together. I was like, you guys duke it out. Because clearly I was not thinking constructively yesterday. I sales. I don't have to say sales motion. Yes. Because like what does a sales motion mean? I never really thought about that. So when when I'm using it, what I'm trying to delineate between is their sales is almost like a methodology or a strategy, which I'm sure are also in the ears buzzwords. And then there's like your codified playbook. Oh my God, I'm using all these words. And I think of like a sales motion as an agreed upon set of repeatable practices. So when I'm saying sales motion, I'm usually trying to say like the thing that the sales team is doing repeatedly and we've all agreed that that's where they should be staying. That is the sales motion. <laughs> With a lot of hand motions if you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> She's making a womb with her sales motion, with the motion of her hands to describe. This episode is not going to be productive. I apologize. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So that Justine, and then she added others that were very good, like anything led growth, obviously. But she added hard. (laughs) What? That also hits me hard. I feel like she's like directly attacking me. Yo, She's like, someone... whatever your co-host says on every episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, there was more than one person who called out PLG, and I was like, ooh, Margaret's having a bad day. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, listen, I completely agree that the most interesting thing that happened was like OpenView coined the term PLG. When I was at AppQs, we saw that OpenView coined the term, but they weren't owning the term at that point. But it did really describe what we were trying to talk about at AppQs. So we took the term, redefined the term to our own liking, set a new definition of the term, which we published in a What is PLG article that then outranked OpenView's PLG article, What is PLG article. So I can see where I myself have caused chaos in the definition of the term PLG because I redefined it at AppQs for AppQs's purpose, made it so it ranked when people Googled what is PLG. And then I went to OpenView and did the same thing at OpenView, but it meant two different things, but both of them rank. So I know that I am the cause, <laughs> partially. Not the full credit. sitting I on take this? full credit or full accountability. But I understand that I literally defined it in hub and spoke blog articles. I'm hitting all of them right now. And I've You're defined them in two me. different ways. And I've then built authority on different definitions of the same terminology. 
let it be known, Margaret is a chaos creator. Chaotic lead growth. Takes chaos and distills it into simplicity. False. (laughs) I cause chaos wherever I go. (laughs) Although I will say that what you did with AppCues to me is a greater example of strategy than what most people use the strategy term for because you're not just repeating something that other people do and using different content. Like someone said something and you saw the opportunity in it in the way that they didn't. Yeah. And you use that to create unique advantage for your company. And that is strategy. What is strategy? Oh, so anyway, literally, I literally this clever. episode is so hysterical because we can't find our way out of it into some level of communication because everyone has said every word that we will Why ever say on this frozen? podcast. I do want to call out a really good one from Jonathan Gandalf. Hi, Jonathan. You are amazing. He's part of like the indie crew that I just yeah. love so much. So he said strategic. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Is anybody doing anything that's not strategic? He references... <laughs> This is classic business school. I've never been, but everyone I talk to who's like been to business school has a similar like it's useless story. He said, listen to how dumb this is. I majored in business management in college and I had a minor in strategic management. He's like, was my major not strategic? Good example though, right? I was like, yeah. How they delineated that. Like what is strategic management versus business management? I was saying his school should go to business school and find out like they need to take the strategic class to learn how to class. I don't think they should go to business school. I think they should get a McKinsey consultant to tell them. what. Yes. $500,000 for one hour. And a slide deck. And a slide deck. Oh, this was a funny back and forth that I saw that I just like had to call out because it made me giggle. Caleb Rule added digital transformation, explanation not necessary. And then Christine Berger chimed in. She said, Caleb, I particularly like when digital transformation is used to describe someone scanning a document. (laughs) Which, to be fair, is transforming something into digital. Just saying. That could be really... Not impactful to a company to digitize all of their paper memos. (laughs) Yep. This one, okay, Rachel Jordan had a bunch. So I don't want to boil this down too much, but I noticed a theme in hers. It was like, move the needle, harness, and unleash. And she just, like, there's parentheticals after each one. And she basically boils it down to like, basically, it provokes weird mental images for all of these. And I can't not see it. Somebody really hated one of like those brain, just like one of those things that people would say about like, it's your brain, tickle your brain, whatever. Somebody was like, I really hate that. Yeah. I just think that like tickle is one of those words that like Mm. sounds scummy. Okay. 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 Martin Fern, you have made my day. Is this the most insane word in the world? Yes. Martin introduced us all to the word fidgetal. I hate it. (laughs) P-H. Do you know what that means? 
I imagine that it's a cross between physical and digital. Why? Why? <gasps> Martin, you On win. I think Martin panel. wins the game. Like he wins the cringy word game. That is the Ooh, best. What should we gift him? I feel like we should let, like that is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. And there should be some prize to be won. Okay, Martin, we made a bunch of don't say content bracelets to give away at inbound. And you get first pick. <laughs> they are <laughs> plastic, stretchy bracelets that we hand beaded, yes. some of which are extremely rare beads from old costume jewelry that was passed down to me. Yeah. Vintage. So, <laughs> Martin, first choice is yours. We'll be in your DMs. Don't worry. And I will just tell everybody that. We are going to post all the response. We'll do a full recap and then kind of dive deeper into some of the discussion ones that brought up some interesting discussions. That's going to be in our follow-up newsletter, which is going to be is on Thursdays. That is our new paid subscriber newsletter we're very excited about. And so if you want to check that out, you can go to our Substack and subscribe to it. And that's what it sounds like and get the full list plus analysis. Or if you want to be cheap and not support creators, you can just go to my LinkedIn. Why did we choose content as the dirtiest, worst word of them all? That's funny. Somebody asked you that? Somebody asked me that and I was like, ooh, no one has asked us that. And I wasn't sure if it was because they just like knew. And so I want to do a little rewind. Yeah. I think for me, it's because being a content marketer, you heard that word as part of your job description. And then people would say, oh, what's the piece of content that we're releasing? Or we need to content strategy or what's the con? Oh, that piece of content or oh, we repurpose. Like I just heard it so many times. And because it was attached to my job title, there was almost this feeling of like, should I be mad about that word? Because it's my job title. <laughs> like when I started in content marketing, it was its own thing. It wasn't product marketing. It was like content marketing, product marketing, uh, performance marketing, and so they, there weren't that many things. It wasn't mm-hmm. as split up into tiny bits as it is now. But then something at some point along the way, the word content started being used for everything across industries. And like, I hear it on podcasts that aren't about marketing. Yeah. Everything is content now. It stopped for me representing anything at all, least of all the work that we do. The second thing that's a little more recent for me is I don't believe we're in a content first world anymore. And I know that sounds insane, but we're still calling it content for like, we're still talking about content all the time. And I think that's wrong where we're going and where we kind of already are just haven't named it is that it's really become more people first. Brands are taking a backseat to people at brands. People-led growth. <laughs> For everyone out there <laughs> who hates the X-led growth, which we it's do too. It's PLG though, so it's perfect. It'll be very ah! confusing. It'll be very confusing. 
Margaret gets to keep her PLG. All of my PLG swag, which I could probably pull some out right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I do think that we're laser focusing on content when we should be laser focusing on people and who those specific folks are at the company or outside the company in the community who can help build community and perpetuate a message and what types of content will work best for that message. And right. And so it's like, you're using like the content piece becomes secondary. Yep. So it's like, is it a video? Is it a, is it search content? Is it, you know, like a series of educational posts, whatever. But if you think about it in terms of the person, you're creating these like mini brand entities underneath the overall brand. Our industry, including us, because we've been guilty of the coining and usage ourselves. So we've been so focused on the names of things and the associated playbooks that it's almost like we stopped thinking for ourselves. And it's like, okay, look physically around at the resources you have at your company and the unique perspectives and talent and I've always seen a gold mine everywhere I go. Yeah. I'm like, there are there is a gold mine of people, even to the degree that at places like Help Scout, I was trying to evangelize our engineers, our designers, because they have robust communities. And no, it's not directly related to customer support, but we took such pride in those aspects, obviously the product and the design of the product that that perpetuating the brand in those other areas made sense and helped us be right. Like more ubiquitous, right. Was help scout selling into like small media, like startups, like smaller startups. Well, you know, those people talk to each other too. The designer sitting next to the customer success person, probably at that time, back five years ago, if your target audience is a smaller, medium sized business, then you can naturally like create programs around folks that you know are going to then surround. That's omni-channel. Yup. Buzzword alert. <laughs> I mean, we can't we can't even do that where we like blank out this episode because it would just be like, eh, eh, just like every other word that we're saying would be blanked out. <sighs> yes. So yeah, that is the history behind content being our least favorite word. <gasps> Wait, can we go back to some old ones? Yeah, let's do it. These are oldies, but good baddies. So terms like evergreen, category creation. I hate category creation more than anything in this world because it's to- a total farce. It's, it's just not- marketing. It's just marketing. And you should like... You're not, first of all, if you're going to create a category that starts with the product. Yeah. When I worked at a design consultancy, we did everything from creating the product to the brand strategy, the packaging, the engineering, everything, right? And that's where big brands would come to us like P&G and they wanted to create a specific thing within like the Dawn brand category or something else. That to me is more aligned with the concept of category creation. It is not actually. And it's like, you're not creating a category. I need you to know that you're actually not creating a category most of the time. doing product marketing where you're figuring out your differentiators, you're figuring out how those align to your target audience and then you get in front of them and you tell and I think this is the thing too is like it's software 
that's the category. Yep. <laughs> you are not making not software. Well, <laughs> there are some companies that are making not software. But <laughs> that's an that's the thing. It's like that's the category. You don't need to yeah. create a category. You need to just do marketing. If you're thinking of physical products, maybe you would create a new category of caffeinated gum when that was like not something that existed. And then it was like, this is a new category of like caffeinated chewables or caffeinated edibles, whatever it is. But guess what? When you go to a grocery store, you're still either putting it in the gum section or the supplement section or on an end cap, you know? Oh, I love this so much. The grocery store is not going to make a new category in the grocery store for your product, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's like back when founders used to come to me and be like, I want to start a podcast. I was like, you hired me because your fucking product isn't selling. And now you want to go make another product? Because this was ba- this was like yeah. not when podcasts had so much kind of like infrastructure and support. It was There weren't as many tools to use. And I was like, why don't we try go selling your product first? Because it's going to take at least a year to get this podcast off the ground. And I'll just spend most of my time on it. And it is a product to your point where like, I think that that's the interesting thing when, when you distill going back to like why we don't like content as a word, when you distill content and all of its different forms into just calling it content, you are not thinking of it as a product, which is how is this differentiated? How is this useful? How am I distributing this content in and of itself is a product and you have to think of the content market fit of your content. And if you just always call it content and what content are we producing and what you're not thinking about that other layer, which is all of the other pieces that go into it to make it actually useful. Right. Like content is the category. It's the box that the tools go create the category that content is. But if you think about it in those terms, (laughs) AI produced this episode. We're just actually reading off of a teleprompter that AI that yeah. AI created. Dinosaurs, <laughs> cotton candy, dog poo. No, but I think that's correct, right? It's like you have this toolbox of content, right? Content options. And they're like, yeah. each one's a different tool. And you have to understand how that tool functions generally. And then also how it is being whether it's being used for the community that you're trying to grow and then put together a plan to leverage it. What was the one from yesterday? Dark social. Yeah. I'm like, just stop. Say what stop. Everyone in marketing needs to stop. Making up new words. (laughs) No, they need to stop and say what they mean. Yeah. That is it. Stop and say what you mean. Your terms aren't helping. I'm just laughing because I'm going back to yesterday where it was like product-led growth and it was like you. (laughs) And that's the curse of it, right? Our jobs are to define and then make things catch on that didn't exist before. And we do that with marketing terms too. And some, and like, especially with MarTech companies do it. And it's like one of those things where it's like the curse of doing your job well means that the term gets picked up and used to the point where people stop defining it and then it means nothing we ruin it for ourselves well it's like like kleenex or band-aid right like those companies like actually i think that um maybe velcro is like very specifically goes after people who are like that is not velcro because velcro is made by velcro 
oh, and post-it. Band-Aid too, right? Like it's, it's post-it. like, it's the curse of marketing, which is that something catches on so well that it starts to be used for everything, even the thing that it's not, which is, you know, yeah. Xerox, Kleenex, Band-Aid. Yeah. yeah. Post-it notes. Post-it notes, yeah. That's a really interesting... Well, don't buy an off-brand post-it note. Come on. Exactly. And that was like a really big win for 3M. I read that story a long yeah. time ago. Oh, I'm going to put this on LinkedIn right now because I think sexy in a business context, I always bring it back and I haven't found another word to use when I mean I need to figure that out because I feel like I say it probably twice a month I'll be in a conversation where I hear it slip out of my mouth and I have to be like, I hate saying sexy in a business context, but the only word right now that I can think of is sexy in this context. Well, okay, let's do a little exercise. Think back to a couple recent times or even one where you wanted to call something sexy. Describe the experience behind that. Yeah. I'm usually trying to explain that nobody gives a shit about being part of your content program if it's not cool in some way. If there's not some sort of draw, I think everyone kind of understands this idea now of like getting guests on your show or on your blog or on your whatever. And they're all sending out emails to be like, do you want to be featured on this thing? And they're like, why isn't that working? I'm like, because it's not sexy because <laughs> there's no sexiness to that offering. Like you go to the blog or you go to the podcast and it's like boring colors and boring topics and boring this and not that interesting of people. And it's like you have to make it feel cool and exclusive and like attractive. That's what it is. It's just attractive. Make your offering attractive. That was the word that came to my mind because it's not just about, you know, you can make something, I think a lot of- (laughs) Seductive. That actually kind of works for me. It doesn't feel very, like, oddly doesn't feel sexy in this. It feels like, less, it doesn't feel like it feels less gross than, yeah, yeah, than sexy does. Everything f- sounds less gross than tickle, if I'm being honest, but. Yeah. Tickle your brain for the sexy marketing Ugh. program. <laughs> like, just don't tickle anyone. Don't never say tickle at work. Just don't. That's my, <laughs> um, but yeah. How do we workshop that though? Because I really do want to move away from. I have never spent the time on it. So then when it comes up like twice a month, I just say sexy, but I like caveat it with like, I hate the fact that I'm doing that. So I think that's really helpful. I was very happy to see thought leadership show up multiple times because I have a big beef with that. I think it was Gwen at Cinch who posted it or I saw hers first. Yeah. And... I have such a beef with that word because so like I both participated in it, supported it, used it. And then increasingly as the pieces came together where it was like anything can be thought leadership if you think it's thought leadership. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like really I just go back to I want people to follow it. Thought I mean, leadership. Think about the number of people on LinkedIn who are preaching the AI preach that all the other AI people and marketers are like, stop saying the same thing. But they probably believe their thought leadership or they don't care that they're cringy and grifty. But thought leadership, audience of one. <laughs> I am leading myself through my thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, go right now diary. I don't know. Like, I don't care. But what it is really, and how I think about it personally is it is about creating or infusing more uniqueness into your brand messaging 
through the perspectives of individuals at your company. Yeah. Emphasis on individuals, yep. not individual. So the one way to perpetuate like the ethos and the principles and the values of your company is to do so through the lens of multiple people and their perspectives. So you get this overall feeling of the brand, but through individual ideas. I've been saying this increasingly, like in this sort of age of like AI and like the fact that SEO still is boiling things down to its most basic parts. Like you are all you've got as a company, as a personal brand. And it's like, you might as well be yourself. And that's one of the ways in which this really like toxic people coming out and being like, well, I've thought this the whole time. I was just being polite. That's the far end of the spectrum that I don't like. But it is kind of breaking through this. Everybody needs to have this facade. They need to create this persona. And along with the platforms like TikTok, where it is all about individuals, right? It's like now we have this world in which just being yourself is a positive thing, that it's embraced. It's not the 90s anymore where you all have to conform. It's like, so I think that's where like thought leadership is way more impactful, can be utilized a lot more and thought of more expansively, you know, thought leadership, it's not a written tome. It's like a, it's a series that incorporates other, you know, whatever it is, you can think about it on a bigger scale. I would default to subject matter expert rather than like thought leadership. It just like pointed to the fact that like, it's not just because you have a thought that you get to be a thought leader, but like you're actually an expert at something. And then so there you deserve to be able to like share your expertise. That helped me feel like it was a little less gross, but it didn't encapsulate this idea of and infusing your personal brand into the subject matter expert commentary, create something that's differentiated and sexy. <laughs> seductive uh, gosh we're just bringing a full circle but i think yeah there's still not a, a good term for like that thing and maybe we'll make it up and we'll use it enough that it'll become complete word salad in five years we don't do takeaways but like go and say the words that you really mean and if somebody is, t is telling you words that you think could be misconstrued or you don't know what they're talking about feel free to stop a conversation and say what do your words mean? Rachel did that at the beginning. We have that recording <gasps> of us at the beginning, beginning of putting together our podcast. And she was oh like, I need to stop you right there. What do the words that you're saying mean? <laughs> That's so true. I she, gets us. she gets yeah. us. She was like, please help me understand what weird means. <laughs> yes. And how fun was that when I was asking Jay for help with you know, I was trying to describe what I do as a consultant. And I was really, you know, I created these sentences that were just really basic. And he was like, okay, Devin, like this isn't even, this doesn't even describe your magic, your talent. And so he sent me the exercise that he does. And part of it involved something around like describing what you mean by something or what, you know, so to sort of tease it out. I think that was something that I learned. That was like a very Walterian thing at animals. And I noticed from the beginning is like, you couldn't Walterian. ever share. Yeah. That's what we used to say. That's really that's Walterian. Yeah. And that's probably one of the most valuable things I learned from him. One, describe what you actually mean. Don't represent it with a word. Now, obviously he didn't teach it in that way. I just saw that in the way that he 
edited things, the way he would give feedback. And the second one was similar, which was, he was like, I don't care what anyone else has done. I don't care what data supports this. Make your case to me. Make your case and use your own logic. Yeah. Like logic this together in your brain and present it to me. Don't validate it with external data. The reason why I mention it here is because I, I do think it's related. Yeah. It's basically think for your goddamn self yeah. and be specific. And that transformed my writing into some more. So it almost made me a better editor of myself because I'll go back, I'll write something out and I'll go back and I'm like, what does that mean? What do I mean by that? Yeah. And that was sort of how I went through the V1 of my copy was that it may not have fully represented me, but it was specific. Also your communication. I've coached two people this week that they were not going to communicate something because they were worried about how it was going to come across or they were going to wait to communicate something. And the thing that I coach them on is you can also just communicate the thing and say, Hey, I'm worried about this coming across as X, Y, Z. I don't want it to be that, but I need to communicate this. So if you can give me feedback to make, like, just know that I'm not trying to do that. And if I do do that, give me feedback on how I could communicate with you better in a way that it doesn't come across that, but I still need to deliver this message to you. And, and I'm like, you, you can also just too. include that in your message, which is I have anxiety about how I'm going to communicate this. I might do it clunkily, poorly, give me feedback, but also I need to still deliver this message to you because communication and alignment is more important than perfection. Okay, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you as always for listening. We'll be back next week. And just remember, you're doing great. You're doing great. I mean... 30% of you are doing great. The rest, you got to get your shit together. Come on. You know, you know which side you're on this week. You know. <laughs> you know. See you next week. Bye. Bye. So can we get back to my cult, please? Because I was very excited about this. Let's do it.